Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Lexington, and welcome to the heart and soul of Sunday morning. We are Unitarian Universalists. We celebrate a historic faith with a radical progressive theology, which calls us to love with open minds, open hearts, and open hands. Our faith also reminds us that the spark of hope can never be extinguished. Though we are physically distant during this time, we still join in community and we are gathered and glad. We welcome those who are joining us from all across Kentucky this morning and those joining us from across the country. Whoever you are, whatever your race, age, creed, economic status, ability, disability, gender expression, or sexual orientation, wherever you are on your life journey, we welcome you. We wish to know you and look forward to your company here at UUCL. You are exactly where you need to be for the next hour. Our minister, the Reverend Brian Chenoweth, is on sabbatical for the month of October. So today we have Reverend Deanna Hultgren from Berea. It's one of our community ministers and she's here to provide her wisdom to us. We begin this morning by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which our physical church was built the Shawnee, Adina, and Hopewell, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all indigenous peoples present today with us. I encourage you to find your chalices, whether they are tea lights, tapers, or traditional chalices, wherever they might be, and join together in a common flame. As we kindle our flames, you're invited to write in the chat where you are lighting your chalice from this morning, Nine, we are joined by those all across Kentucky and beyond. We light our chalice now, the symbol of Unitarian Universalism. We light this chalice today in the spirit of National Coming Out Day, which is today holding all our lights beautiful and needed and blessed and brighter together. Our chalice lighting words are by Lucille Clifton. Won't you celebrate with me? Won't you celebrate with me that I have shaped into a kind of life? I had no model, born in Babylon, born both both born in Babylon, both non-white and woman. What did I see to be except myself? I made it up here on this bridge between starshine and clay. My one hand holding tight my other hand. Come celebrate with me that every day something has tried to kill me and has failed. Last night I was sleeping by Antonio Mercado. Last night I was sleeping. I dreamt marvelous error that a spring was breaking out in my heart. I said, along with the secret aqueduct, oh water, are you coming to me? Water of a new life that I have never drunk last night as I was sleeping. I dreamt marvelous error that I had a beehive here inside my heart and the golden bees were making white combs and sweet honey for my old failures. Last night, as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that a fiery sun was giving 
light inside my heart. It was fiery because I felt warmth is from a hearth and sun because it gave light and brought tears to my eyes. Last night as I slept, I dreamt marvelous error that it was God I had here inside my heart. Thank you, Nathaniel. Um, someone asked me whether those were pictures from my own honeycombs, um, from my own bees, and the answer is yes. This poem may feel familiar since we used it a great deal uh, in September. It was our feature reading for Water Communion. And it's a poem that I've loved for a long time. But when I heard it again for Water Communion, I thought, this is what, this is what I want to hold together um, here in October. This month, we are focused on deep listening. And this month is also Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month many other important months and um, coming out day is today, as, uh, as we heard earlier. And today I want to talk about failure. Um, and it's the failure that I'm so attracted to in this poem that the bees are able to make white combs, which are new combs and sweet honey from the poet's own failures. I also want to have a little show and tell. And I couldn't carry my beehive up into my office. I feel like that would have been a very bad idea indeed, although some of them tried to get into the house. So I brought in some of my old comb. So this here are several bars worth of old honeycomb, minus the honey, um, from our own beehives, from the hives that we lost last year. Speaking of failure, uh, after two years of intensive uh, beekeeping, we still suffered total colony loss and it was incredibly hard. And the, the slide about the failure um, with the little gooey white thing was actually a melted pupa, um, courtesy of uh, parasitic mite syndrome. And uh, it was devastating to see how quickly uh, disease um, can ravage a hive and then all the opportunist um, pests that then follow in. That wax is what I managed to pull out before the wax mods drilled through the entire rest of the hive. This here is relatively pressure comb. You can see from, from the lighter color. And uh, that was left over from my new hive this spring that just up and bamboosed for reasons entirely unknown to myself. It happens. 
So we're left with a two thirds of the bees that we started with this spring and they're chugging along and pretty happy. And uh, all those failures and all that hard learning and all the agony and the tentative approach that we then had to starting over again uh, was highly instructive to me, not only in beekeeping, but in my relationship with my spouse and um, all that we went through in losing those hives in the first place. And we found ourselves having the identical fights and arguments and tears and accusations that families have in times of great stress and loss and the caregiver at the bedside and the, the relative from Michigan, I don't know why they're always from Michigan, um, that arrives after a long journey and says, how did this happen? They were fine the last time I saw them. We went through all of that and actually had to hit pause in the middle of one of those arguments to say, can you hear what we're saying to each other? And this is not about either one of us, but it's about this tremendous loss that we are both feeling and the failure that, that we're feeling. Um, despite knowing that failing and loss are intrinsic to this endeavor, we're always going to fail. We're always going to miss the mark. We're always going to make mistakes. We're always going to hurt somebody or goof or just fall through. We're also going to start over again. There's no way not to fail. And that's so hard. <laughs> for us to accept because that feels like it's failure is something that's out of our control. Although I seem to have had some pretty controlled failures because I just chose not to do anything and things blew up. But for the most part, I think it's that lack of control and perhaps feeling like it's our being that's that failure, right? There are the failures of action and there are the failures of being or that perception of failure as being. If you've ever been told by someone else that you are a failure, which I'm here to tell you is a lie, or if you have said those words unkindly to yourself, perhaps repeated over and over and over, I'm no good. I'm just a failure. I can't do anything right or this world is just broken, right? Everything is bad. Everything is just going to hell. And there's no way that anything can be made right again or, or be healed. And that's that despair talking. And it's not that we don't get to have that feeling but it's that those feelings aren't the final say. This is 
a process, right? Even with the loss of these beehives, even with the bees that just, for whatever reason, chose not to remain. Who knows what happened there? They weren't, they weren't sick. They just left. They didn't, they didn't like their new place. I don't know. We think they actually remained close to the house because I could hear them, but I never found them. We had to stop ourselves in kind of pouring out the anger and helplessness and, and sadness at each other and, and just allow that sadness to be there and to know that we would have that sadness again. That that sadness wouldn't be the end of us and it wouldn't be the end of our beekeeping. But it made that endeavor together deeper and even more intentional and more profound. And I felt such tenderness in the responsibility that I've held for these 50,000 or so beings um, in trying to provide the greatest health, uh, the greatest safety, and the greatest um, natural life that they can have given the rather unnatural circumstances of living in a box. The thing that has really struck me about the bees though, is everything has its place. Everyone has important and needed roles from their earliest to their oldest. So at every stage in their lives, they have important and valued roles. At just a few days of age, they are caring for newly emerging bees. The bees that you see foraging are some of the oldest bees. They have advanced to that state where they have that wisdom and they are a critical survival force of the hive. The wax that these bees so prodigiously produce is also produced with great effort. I mean, it, they have wax scales and during this phase of their lives, the wax builders produce these wax scales from their bodies that they then chew up with, with nectar, with water, and then mold into these little balls. And then they start building these extraordinary geometric configurations together. Each one of them can't build that all themselves. They need the others to help do it. In some of those slides, you saw the bees kind of hanging off each other as they create this like bucket brigade. It's a wax brigade. But this wax is so dear that they don't waste it, right? They reuse the cappings from the honey, from the old brood. They clean out 
the cells. If some of the wax gets broken off and falls on the, the bottom of the hive, they will break it down and they will reuse it. That's not failure, that's repurposing. And that's how I wanna hold how we think about our failures. Okay, they're there. And sometimes those failures have really real and far-reaching consequences and we can't undo them. But we can choose how to lean into them, not only in understanding how did I come to think of this as a failure and what baggage does that bring with it? Shame, despair, sorrow, anger, helplessness, rage. Um, what can be made new? How do I break this failure down and remodel its elements with help of others so that we may rebuild? None of us is required to destroy ourselves to make up for any kind of sense of failure or anything that we feel that we have done wrong, mistakenly, anything that we've been told that we are wrong, mistaken, bad, that's grace, that's healing. That's the work we need to do within ourselves. And that's the work, that's the spiritual work of community. That's the work that we get to help each other do. We are not meant to do this alone. We are not meant to heal the world by ourselves. We're not really meant to heal ourselves by ourselves. But to engage this work that also includes tearing down, remodeling, repurposing, and rebuilding so that we can make new comb for sweet honey to store pollen, to create expansion of all that loving grace and healing hope and justice and co-carrying and light-seeking and nurturing all the good we wish to see in the world, all the good that we labor to bring into being. Let us help each other in that effort of picking up the crumbs in picking up the debris in reshaping them in working together to help bring about this new comb, this new hearth, this new heart that we share and that we share with this hurting world around us. Blessings for that new life springing forth inside your hearts. Amen. May it be so. Blessed be.
Our second reading today is from the poet Tanvir Ghazi. It is called Tukud Ki Koj Main Nikal. I don't speak Hindi and I'm not going to butcher it, so I'm using a translation by Akash Gautam. Now, Tukud Ki Koj Main Nikal means you set out in search of yourself. Embark on that journey of self-introspection. What are you desperate for? Even time is waiting for you to find your purpose. The chains that bind you, don't mistake them for clothes you can't take off. Melt these chains into weapons you unleash. Why do you feel helpless when you are certain of your character? The world is not entitled to test you with so many hidden skeletons in their own closets. Burn down to ashes this mesh of injustice, for you are not the meek flame. You are a raging, burning fire. Embark on that journey of self-introspection. What are you desperate for? Even time is waiting for you to find your purpose. Even time is waiting for you to find your purpose. Oh, how's this time when we prepare to go forth into our day and into our new week? Let's take a moment. Burn down the ashes, the poet said, this mesh of injustice, for you are not the meek flame. You are a raging, burning fire. So from the old cones, let us melt away and strain out all those things that no longer heal us or serve us or help us. Purification is long, sometimes painful, sometimes difficult, but we will make sweet honey and bring new light into our lives and into the world. This service is ending, but our service beyond these walls and beyond these screens is just beginning.